Welcome to 10 Minute Tech Home. This is Ryan Weber at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. And I apologize, I've had a bit of a delay between episodes. The semester got away from me, as it often does. But we're back today with a great interview. I've got Dr. Emily January Peterson from Weber State University talking about an article that she published in Technical Communication last year called Articulating Value Amid Persistent Misconceptions About Technical and Professional Communication in the Workplace. And I first encountered this article when I taught it to my students last year. And I was really struck how well this article captured a problem that I've heard from former students of mine and from members of our local society for technical communication, which is that technical communicators, especially women, are often undervalued and underappreciated in the workplace. Dr. Peterson's research features interviews with several women who work as technical communicators in which they talk about their experiences of being undervalued and underappreciated and having their work misunderstood and often ignored. And she also talked with them about the ways that they try to bring more recognition and understanding about what they do and what they contribute to their organizations. So I hope you enjoyed the interview. I thought it was really interesting. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. We really appreciate you joining us today. And your article interviewed several female technical communicators to find out kind of um, the issues that they experience on the job and some of the misconceptions they face about the profession. To get started, can you tell us just a little bit about the interviews that you conducted? Sure. So I interviewed 39 women who were technical writers. And what I was really curious about was gender issues in the workplace. And I was surprised that I found so much that was crossing gendered lines and speaking to maybe the experiences of all technical communicators and writers. Um, But this project was born from my own experience as a technical writer. When I first graduated with an English degree as an undergrad, I went into the, you know, workforce thinking I would have these skills that would be valued and that people would appreciate them. And I had a really hard time finding a full-time job and eventually did work my way up to an associate editor position at this company where I'd started as a secretary and faced a little bit of sexual harassment, some devaluation, some problems. And so really my dissertation in these interviews came from the idea of just wanting to know how are things going now, you know, 15 years later, are women still facing some of these issues and, and how does it play out for technical writers specifically? You know, women face issues in the workplace uh, across disciplines through many fields. But for technical writers, I wanted to kind of see what was going on for them specifically. I think what happened is is this article as a result, you know, that there are misconceptions for both men and women. And it has to do with the nature of writing work and the way that it's valued or not valued in workplaces. So I interviewed 39 women. They were all across the United States, different, different states, different areas of the country, spent about an hour, an hour and a half speaking with each one. And they had lots of great stories to tell, lots of experiences, got to know many of them well enough that we're networked now on social media. And they still are, you know, talking to me about what's going on and where the results of the study. And so it's been great. And actually, many of them said as well in the interviews, I have colleagues in India, why aren't you talking to these women? So I ended up going to India in July of 2016 and speaking with almost 50 women who work as technical communicators there. And so the results of that research are forthcoming, but it's really led to an, an interesting network of women around the world who are interested in solving these problems for technical communication. So according to the interviews, you identified several misconceptions that technical communicators experience in the workplace. What kinds of things did you find? So one of the main findings was that technical writing is considered to be cosmetic. 
And this came through when the women were describing that their colleagues were asking them to make things pretty or to just check the grammar or to just make it look nice. And this was a huge problem because these women had studied, you know, in technical writing programs, they had skills and expertise, and yet were being told that all they did was make something nice or pretty. And they felt like that was a big myth in terms of technical communication, and they wanted to prove that they could do so much more. And along those lines, another finding was that technical writing is secretarial in nature, or that it's similar to what an administrative assistant does. And this is something that really resonated with me because of my own experience. And many women said that they had that same experience or that if they entered as a technical writer, they were treated as secretaries. And so they were told to run copies or enter data. Some even went as far as to describe things like serving party cakes and, you know, running errands for people. And they felt really demeaned because of that. And I think technical writers of all genders are experiencing some of that because they are in a support role. We do support other industries. And so sometimes people take that for granted and maybe misuse those skills a little bit. Another thing that came across is that it's unarticulated. A lot of people don't know what technical writing is or what it does. Um, they don't understand the value that we bring to workplaces and organizations. I think we can do a better job as a field, um, as academics, but also as practitioners in terms of articulating that value and you know, shouting from the rooftops the important work that we do and letting people know that it is integral to the workplace. And another theme was that it's unnecessary or invisible. So one woman described hearing her colleagues in the sales department laughing with each other, that they didn't know what she was doing there because they didn't, she didn't do anything. They, and then she'd hear them, you know, an hour later talking to customers and using her documentation to answer a customer's question. And so that right there was a huge opportunity for her to make her work visible. Another woman said that she heard colleagues express surprise that somebody wrote the documentation as part of their company. They thought it was computer generated. And the other problem is that technical writing is often unquantifiable. That was another theme that emerged that, you know, we can't account for the amount of money we bring into a corporation. So maybe thinking about the profit motives of a lot of organizations is one way that, that technical writers can articulate their value. They can maybe attempt to quantify what they've done, show the impact that it's had through numbers. Um, only one woman I interviewed was able to do this, and that's because she was a grant writer. And, you know, grant writers make money. And so she was able to say, I'm the only person in this organization that's brought in $10 million in the last five years. Of course, I'm valuable. And that did speak to the people in charge. So overall, there's really a lot of devaluation and misconceptions because we just aren't visible to people. It's interesting that even the language that they used is gendered, you know, make this document pretty. Do you get the sense that this experience is worse for women than it is for men as far as technical writing goes? Yeah, I think for a few of the categories, it definitely is. I think the secretarial conflation is definitely a problem. One woman said that her husband was also in technical communication and he was never asked to answer the phones or take notes or write meeting minutes. And so I do think there is a gendered aspect to some of this. And like you said, this idea of making it pretty, that's something that, you know, women are a more feminine approach to documentation. Um, and some of the practitioners I talked to, they were reinforcing this. They were acting as mere scribes or doing very instrumentalist work in terms of correcting grammar or just making it look nice and therefore giving off the wrong impression 
as well. One woman told me she thinks it's connected to this, you know, the secretarial work in the old days where women were typists. They did the writing. And so because what we do is closely connected to writing and communicating, it can often be conflated with that kind of historical connection that it has to women as secretaries. You've mentioned a few things, but what other strategies are women using to combat these misconceptions in the workplace? Sure. So a lot of them are just speaking up. I mean, it's it's a funny thing to say, just speak up. It's, it can be scary, but our voices often can be our most powerful weapons when it comes to this. So correcting those misconceptions when they rise. If someone asks you to make this look nice, you know, point out the hard work that went in to doing the research and interviewing people and One woman talked about incremental approach to documentation. So she said that her documentation never comes out perfect the first time. She does the very basic thing that she can for the product that they're developing. And then over time, as the product changes or, you know, glitches are updated, she updates their documentation. And that really shows how integral she is to the process. It reminds those computer engineers that she's part of it. Another woman mentioned really pulling out what you know from your bag of knowledge. Over the years, technical communicators become experts at lots of different things, lots of different disciplines, so they can use that to talk the talk and make connections. I think networking is super important with subject matter experts, making sure they know that you're there to support them, but that that support comes with a lot of expertise. Another thing is just sharing that work formally in some way. So one woman created a PowerPoint presentation where she called together all the managers of the other teams. She happened to be the manager of the documentation team. And she called them all into meeting and gave them a big presentation about what her team does, why it's important, how it's integral to the success of the company. She said that really helped. And then continually sending reminders of that through emails or successes that her team had. And then I think claiming authority over your work, showing that what you do is important, that it's visible. The woman that overheard the people in sales saying that she didn't do anything, she could have walked in there and said, hey, I'm the one who wrote that. So yeah, I think there's a lot that can be done and it's mostly just by speaking up. I also think that academic programs can do more to prepare practitioners for facing this problem. It's something I've tried to do with my own undergraduate students. Some of my ideas are to have them work with subject matter experts, students. So if we had cross-disciplinary classes where technical writing majors were working with engineers or computer scientists on a specific project, they would both kind of see the necessary skills they need for the future, but also, you know, the value that each one of them brings and the good work that they can do together. Great. Well, this is really important work. It's unfortunate that technical writers are experiencing these kinds of issues, but it's important to document them, especially in a formal way. And so thank you for sharing this research with us. I look forward to the follow-up article that's going to come out about uh, international experiences as well. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I do think this is important to talk about and keep considering.